Hey guys, this is Jolie from The Darling Fire, and you're listening to Interview Under Fire. All right. Hey there, everyone. I hope you all are doing great out there in the world. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Interview Under Fire. This is your host, your host Sunny here, as always. Today, I have the honor of speaking with the magnificent front woman in Jolie Lindholm. Uh, thank you so much for joining our IUF series today, Jolie. You know, we are closing in on an important yet exciting time of the year for you and the guys over at the Darling Fire with the drop of your highly anticipated album, Distortions, uh, setting to release here September 16th through Iodine Recordings. Uh, first things first, how are you? <laughs> That's first important question, simple one, especially <laughs> an important one to ask these days. And two... I know we talked about it before the interview started, but I feel like the excitement of releasing an album again after what we all experienced these last two years has to be really kicking in, right? Have you had the chance kind of just to take this all in? Yeah, thank you. I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on. Um, yeah, it's been crazy to play again. We had a, about a two and a half year hiatus between shows. Um, so, Somehow we uh, aged two years. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's been crazy. Everything kind of like stopped. Um but we were able to finally play um, these new songs and we got to test out a lot of new toys. You know, we have uh, backing tracks that we've been uh, we had been working on yeah. and things like that for our live show. So um, we were finally able to test that all out and play our new songs out for everybody, which was a lot of fun. And I also want to commend you on uh, all the well deserved recognition this album has been getting so far. I know we're about a little over a week away till it drops, but those breathtaking, amazing singles that drop, you know, Machina, Rituals, I believe Clean Hands, Amber, uh, shout out to No Echo, Brooklyn Vegan, Kerrang, even Outburn, who have, you know, praised your music. So much to discover about this highly anticipated release and what you're all about. But here's the thing before we get to all that and beyond, let's take a moment here, Julie. Um, the Darling Fire, for fans and listeners who don't already know, let's let's go back to 2018, if, if possible, maybe even before that, because that was a significant time for you. I feel like in the members of this band, I feel like it's like the Avengers. You had members from like Shy Hulud, Further Seems Forever, the Rocking Horse Winner, and As Friends Russ coming together to form this, to form this just amazing band that just really exemplified all your musicalities in a one because it entailed the formation of the Darling Fire. If you could just briefly talk about, you know, that moment in your life when you knew that this was the direction you wanted to take in your music career, because I feel like everything also has went by in a blink at the same time. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we had my husband, Geronimo, in the band. Um, he's the guitar player. Uh, we had some difficult times that we went through and I decided I wanted to learn how to play guitar finally after all these years. Yeah. And uh, when I started learning, he started getting the bug again to play. So that's basically what led us to this band. Uh, we, we just started writing together and uh, just started, you know, really small with uh, recording on, some demos basically or just you know recording things as we went and then it just started developed and one once we had a song that we felt was good enough to present to somebody uh to to begin forming a band mm -hmm. we sent it to steve our drummer from uh who was in shy halud and also further seems forever and uh he he seemed to like it 
you know, it took him a little bit to get back to us, but he said, you know, I really think you guys have something here and I'd love to be part of it. And it just started forming from there. And then we just decided we were going to really do this thing. Does it feel like you've actually found your groove musically with the Darling Fire? Absolutely. This is the first time that I've really been able to express myself fully. Um, I've, you know, in previous projects that I've done and in my former band, uh, uh, Rocking Horse Winter, I didn't really fully express myself. You know, I was kind of like, I I kind of fell into all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was the first time that I really decided, you know, I wanted to take control over what I was doing. And uh, it was the first time that my husband and I started writing together to see what we could create. And yeah, it's absolutely the first time that I feel like I'm really doing what I should be doing, what I want to do. Yeah. And uh, that, that I love hearing that, you know, it really shows that how much passion you have and the work you have, the dedication to your craft. Yeah. I want to talk about the album a little bit more, but I mentioned, I think I mentioned you guys have the furnace fest that's coming up, you know, and I believe Interview on the Fire is slated to cover that. So if anything, I'll see you guys out there in Birmingham. I've never been out in Birmingham before. So it'll be really cool to see you guys out there doing what you do. I feel like having an album drop in the midst of all this kind of makes it even more exciting, I bet. You know, it's always great to release new music surrounding a tour or a festival, but it, it just lined up perfectly, right? Yeah, it's it's really exciting. I'm looking forward to Furnace Fest. I've never been to Furnace Fest and um oh, you'll love I've it. obviously yeah, and I've never played, so it's going to be a lot of fun and I know there there'll be a lot of people there um that are excited about music and excited to hear new music and old music, you know, uh bands that they've loved forever. So, yeah. um really happy to be part of that whole experience. And shout out to Mike Zimmer. Yeah, uh, he's the organizer of the festival. He organized So What earlier this year. So shout out to him. Great guy uh, locally yeah. locally here in Dallas. Now, you know, uh, prior to the Darling Fire, you know, I feel like you've been at this for a while, Jolie, too. You know, I, I kind of want to stay on the subject of the touring life and the live music experience for you personally. You know, if you were to ask me this question two years ago, I think I would say, yes, I would. Would you say you would have a newfound appreciation of the live music experience now, considering what we've all been through. Yeah, absolutely. It was, you know, really hard to have to wait to play again, um, especially when we were writing and excited to have people hear the music and couldn't let them hear anything until we could either play live or release a single. So I absolutely, you know, think that I'm not alone in that a lot of people have been kind of waiting <laughs> for things to open up again mm-hmm. for it to go back to, you know, a new normal, I guess you could say. Um, so absolutely. I have, you know, I'm really excited to play live and I, I love going to shows now. It's just a different experience when you haven't been able to do that for so long. So definitely I have a new, new appreciation for that. Yeah. And let's be real, Jolie, like the, we love the music that we love and we play the music that we play because of the live music, you know, because there's an energy that you feed off from the crowd, you know, and it's it's crazy that, you know, you're saying what you're saying and then I'm saying what I'm saying. But live music is like I feel like it's at a point of saturation because everyone's touring at the same time, you mm-hmm. know, because now fans don't get to go to all these shows. I don't know if you feel the same way, but I don't know how much of the live music experience you've gone out this year to to see. But do you do you see the same thing? Because everyone's touring now, they're just eager to go back out. I feel like it's just one after the other, you know. 
Yeah, I mean, everybody, yeah, everybody's like, let me get out there. So at the same time, yeah, total, I totally agree with that. Um, you know, we the few shows that we played so far um, since, you know, we started playing again yeah. um, out uh, have been, been amazing. The crowds have been awesome. You know, everybody's really excited about music. And um, I totally agree. It's, it's a different experience live. Absolutely. I mean, we've been told that we're heavier live than we are on on the recording, um, even with these singles. So, um, it's, there's definitely a, a completely different experience, you know, different things happen at a show. Um, you get to see, you know, everybody in their expression, their facial expressions and everything, you know, and just to experience the, the crowd as well, you know, their energy is awesome. And, um, you know, we're, we're getting a really good, uh, reception from the, crowds so far with the new music so um yeah it's definitely completely different to go to a show than to listen to it in headphones or in your car <laughs> I, it's like, been a while since i've asked this question do you still get nervous before a show or do you ever oh yeah i really? well i had <laughs> i had extreme stage fright when i was younger and now it's yeah. it's not as bad it's almost like i guess i feel more a little more authentic than i did back then because of this music so it's a different experience for me now but of course i yes i do get nervous um you know there's there's always the unknowns and um i'm always going to get nervous but once you're up there and you're feeling the crowd it's it's just that all fades away can i tell you something i, I relate to that on a wholehearted level because i know we're having a great discussion right now you can't even tell but i'm probably one of the most shy shyest people you ever meet because <laughs> it's crazy because like you know growing up you know i was a shy kid in school but it's when you're on stage, Jolie, it's like you're you're not even it's like you are in your element. I'm in my element when I'm talking to amazing people like you on my own publication, you know, and when yeah. you take me away from that stage setting, it's like, all right, I'm good. I'm just going to chill, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and then you kind of just let it all out there on stage. And I feel like it's it really is is a really neat thing to hear from someone like you with the experience that you've taken in. You know, I, I wonder what it was like when you were first like back out, like, after, you know, COVID and all that your first time back out on stage was it kind of just all right let's see let's see if i remember what to do okay stage left stage right you know or was it just kind yeah. of just picking up where you left off how was that the first show back no oh yeah it was it was nerve-wracking because we had all new songs to play and we had the backing tracks that we had been testing but weren't sure if it was going to work or not yeah. um i also started using a a, a board for vocal effects and you know, so there were all these working parts that we had, these moving parts that we had to make sure we're going to, you know, we were going to be, be able to pull it off and, you know, bringing that all to the stage for the first time is definitely nerve wracking. Um, and I, and to go back to what you were saying about being the shy kid in school, I was the same way. So um, it's definitely, it was definitely out of my element to begin doing uh, live music. <laughs> We probably so, would have been best friends, but but who knows? We wouldn't be talking to each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was the same way. And I, you know, I've said this before in interviews, but basically, you know, when I first started, um, the, like the first thing that I did was um, for Chris Caraba's early band, Vacant Andes. Yeah. And it was a cover song. And every time that he would, that they would call me up there, I would get like, I would anticipate that the entire night. That was the only thing I focused on was like, okay, when is this moment going to happen? And then I have to go up there and yeah. sing these parts. And it was like, you know, ah. And hey, <laughs> but... you you nailed it. You know, that's <laughs> that's the most important thing. And it's yeah. really shows, again, dedication to your craft. And 
Um, I also want to uh, bring the point back to your uh, your husband, Geronimo, correct? Yes. Uh -huh. I, I, I wonder if there's that level of convenience having someone like him in a band with you because I feel like, you know, you both support each other, bring out the best in one another musically. Does that serve as a level of convenience or, or does it make it more challenging? You know, I, I feel like, you know, at, at the same time, it's like, competing against one all right how can i one-up him and then he's trying to do the same thing you know it's really cool maybe there's like a competitive nature uh, a, a love a lovable one you know something like that yeah that's a really good question actually um so basically it's it's like it is convenient because he'll be you know i'll leave the room i'll come back and i'll be like hey check out this part i wrote um there are some times where we don't agree on things but we get through it so it's like trying to keep it separate our relationship separate, but also it also feeds into the, the music writing. Um, so there are definitely times where like he, if I don't react in a certain way where I'm like, Oh, that's awesome. I love that. You know, he'll be like, ah, now I have to go back and, you know, <laughs> he's disappointed. And same with me, you know, I feel like we want to impress each other when we're writing something. And if we don't, then it's like, okay, that's not good enough. I need to, I, I know I can do better, you know? So um, that's definitely, uh, there is definitely an element of that, absolutely, with the with the songwriting. Um, so it's like trying to keep it separate, but at the same time, it it helps to we're right here together, you know, to write. So it's easier to get things done. <laughs> yeah, and what I'm taking away from that, Jolie, is chemistry, and I heard a lot of that on this album. And I love that you have someone like Geronimo. Shout out to him, by the way, because yeah. you guys really went above and beyond on this record, both of you, including Greg, Stephen, and Mike. Um, hopefully I got the other member members names right yes. um, now I I'm going to get to dis distortions I promise but <laughs> I know the <laughs> last thing we all want to do last thing we all want to do is go back to the dreaded 2020 I get it but I know that was a, a point of growth for me personally I wanted to ask about you you know aside from the music you know did that time open up new things for you that you may not have discovered before about yourself, something that doesn't involve music, something that you can take forward with you that you have now. Yeah. It, I mean, it was very challenging. Um, obviously, I mean, but it was a time to like kind of slow down and reevaluate your life. Um, mm -hmm. And that's what I did. And, you know, it was also like a test of patience, basically, you know, waiting for, for everything to kind of get back to normal and, and just, you you know, it's hard because you have to, you're basically, I mean, I had my husband obviously and everything, but you're still kind of like reflecting on your life because it's like everything just slowed down and changed. Yeah. So it absolutely, you know, did that for me. And I, it's like, there are things that, that I can't say that I regret about it. You know, like it's, it did help me personally as a, as a human being, you know, in certain ways. So, um, you know, it was good and bad, I could say. And it also, you know, helped to slow down and kind of re reflect on the music and what we were doing there. But, you know, personally, personally, it also, you know, affected my, my, you know, entire perception of life, I guess you could say. Yeah. And, and I can, I can attest to that. You know, I'm no stranger to everything that you just said. And I learned a lot about myself in this last two years than I ever have, you know, in a short amount of time. I, I, and I meant it when I meant it when I said somehow we aged two years because I, yeah. I don't know how I got here. We, but here we are doing what we love to do. I don't know. We'd be doing this a couple of years ago, you know, and, and it's yeah. really, it really makes you feel, makes me at least feel grateful about where I am today. 
And thank you so much for sharing that, Julia. And it's it's uh, not the easiest thing to open up about something like 2020 that has impacted all of us in any any sort of fashion, you know. So I yep. think I think we are better better people today than we were two years ago. I know I am. So mm-hmm. having said that, let's let's get the distortions because this is your, your second album. Uh, great, what an album! I mean, dropped September 16th on Iodine Recordings. Now Iodine Recordings, you newly signed to them this this last year, I believe. And this is your second album. Now, before we get into the into the core of this amazing record, this is also the follow up to your 2019 debut, Dark Celebration. I went back and heard that record, and I mean, top to bottom, that's an excellent debut. I felt like that was—I don't know if it was intentional, but it was a perfect complement to Distortions. You guys have this creative sense on blending in elements of you know show you know shoegaze, uh, post hardcore to metal to rock. I felt like you guys would fit in the 90s, you you guys would fit in the 2010s, and you guys would fit in today. You guys cover a vast portion of the generations here, which is perfect for Furnace Fest, because remember what we talked about? It's like covering all so many different decades and so many different genres, and the Darling Fire is perfect for that. But here you are, Jolie, new label, right? New album, new chapter for the band even. Did you sense any pressure for you and the guys when when you decided to sit down and write again for a new album, or even just a follow up, or was it more like you know what, I got the debut album out my way, now I can relax? Did that ever enter your head? Yeah, um, we never stopped writing, so there were a lot of in between songs as well that you know didn't make it to the either album. Um, so, but definitely, we knew that we could do better than. The first seven, or just we knew that we were going to, we knew we were still finding our way, I guess you could say, with the sound. Um, But you can, you can hear the influences in there, I'm sure. Um, And we have a lot of different influences. Um, You know, we like a lot of different music collectively. Um, So uh, definitely, I would say it was a good debut you know I'm, I'm happy i'm always proud of anything that i do even you know if it's something small um from back in the day or whatever you know i it always has a, a special place for me um but i feel like this new album is what we were intending to do all along um we just had to get here you know so um it took a lot of writing to get to this point and um we're and we're still writing <laughs> so we didn't stop but um it's definitely you know we're definitely trying to find we were, were still trying to find our sound because we had just started writing together so that's how we got to this point i guess how often do you go back and listen to dark celebration i do sometimes actually and i can hear the difference from you know it's like i remember all of it so <laughs> it's yeah. like you know um so I do listen to it sometimes, but it's now it feels like an eternity ago because it was before the pandemic. <laughs> it's like every time we have a, every time you have a conversation with anyone, it's now it's like, OK, was that pre pandemic or yeah. was that post pandemic? That's now the life we're in. But, you know, when I listen to your music, so so my upbringing, right, I, you know, bands like obviously like the Deftones, because I mean, your album, this from top to bottom was very atmospheric. I heard sounds of like the Benjamin Gate. I don't know if you know about that band. That was no. from way, way, way back. Um, I believe they're a the Christian rock band, like from the early two thousands, late nineties. 
And of course, I hear elements of My Bloody Valentine in there. I feel like also if Sarah McLaughlin were in a rock band, this is what it would sound like. And I love Sarah McLaughlin. So that is I'm complimenting you, Jolie, because you went. I mean, your your vocals. Good Lord. I mean, from songs like Machina to Clean Hands to Downer, which I think that's my favorite on the record, Downer. Uh, to really? hers, okay. to rituals, to legless. You want up yourself here. I hope you know that. <laughs> this was <laughs> atmospheric. This was haunting. This was a lot of beauty and the heaviness. I mean, I heard that in your voice too. You know how you watch a movie? And by the way, I went to film school, so I'm referencing this. Okay. When you watch a movie, you know how you you go back and and you watch certain parts that you didn't catch the first time around. That's yeah. what I got with distortions, and I feel like that's in the name too. You kept going back and I listened to certain parts over and over again. It's like, whoa, okay, that's amazing. Like some parts on this album, I have no idea how you guys did it. I don't care how you guys did it. It was amazing, you know, and you, I'm going to quote you here. You said this album, it felt like a natural evolution for us to go in this direction, you know, to the point that you just made from Dark Celebration to create more movement. You evolved as musicians, even you vocally. Walk me through this. How much did things change from when you first started composing on distortions to where you ended up finishing it? Did you already have a specific sound from day one or did it evolve into what it is today? No, it definitely evolved. Um, some of the songs were written, you know, like a couple of years ago. And then some were written wow. between uh, recording sessions because we, mm -hmm. we had to record five songs. We only had five done. And we knew we wanted to have 10 songs this time. We didn't want to have a short, you know, the, the first album was eight songs. Um, yeah. And we wanted to have 10 songs. We were adamant on that. So we we only had five songs done. We went to record with Jay Moss and uh, we were happy with what we had, but we had to come back and write another five songs. And we had to do that in five months. So, <laughs> yeah. so you know, so half of the album was written um, in that five months and that's when we it started to evolve again you know and it's like we really pushed ourselves as much as we could to see what would come out and we experimented with things and you know we were recording everything at home uh, as far as like demos so we knew what we wanted to achieve and we knew what kind of sound we wanted to go to so that we were fully prepared when we went into the studio with what we wanted to to get and then Jay you know brought it out even more so um, it definitely evolved even during the process of the songs that you hear on the album. It evolved. We've done a lot of shout outs already. Let's do another one to Jay Moss because he was yeah. he was phenomenal and he's known for his work with Defeater, Title Fight and Bane. Uh, uh, Jolie, you mentioned the songs that you wrote a couple years ago, right? That are on this album. Do you ever fall into this trap where you go back and you listen to that song? And you're like, you know what? I should have done it this way. <laughs> I don't know if that's something that sits with you. I come from a music oriented family, so we have some producers in here. So they they always do that. It's like, you know, let's go back and change that. No, let's go back and change that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that can happen sometimes. Um, I, I just feel like it's like it's almost like a snapshot of what we wrote. And I'm ha I'm happy with it personally. Um, with everything that's on there. Um, but there's always going to be like, oh, we should have put that in there. We should have done this thing or added this layer or something. You know, I guess there mm -hmm. always will be that, of course. Yeah. And then what's cool about that is you can even add it on like a stage setting if you need to in a live presence. So who knows? And exactly. I, think, I, I think that's that really stretches the creativity of the band. I don't know if you're a sentimental person, sentimental person like me. You mentioned how 
a snapshot, right? Does a song that you sing that you listen to in the past take you to a certain moment in your life? It does. Yeah. I mean, there are some parts on the, in these songs that are emotional for me. Um, mm -hmm. So, and I don't know, you might be able to hear it even in the recording. There were certain things that happened during the recording that were like, you know, amazing moments for me personally. Yeah. Um, and where I really pushed myself. And um, so, yeah, there are definitely some emotional things in there and I do get sentimental about things because you know, I'm writing the lyrics and they mean something to me. So it's always going to be like that, I think. And, you know, you're a vocalist. I wonder how is the composition of the songs different for you as opposed to the other members of the band? You know, and in other sense, like in what order do you come in on the final draft process of all this? Um, it's It's been different here and there. Like there are times where um, the song will be done and we'll bring it to the guys and Steve will be like, Hey, can you add this little thing in there vocally? Like repeat mm -hmm. this thing. I like what you did there. Um, why don't I repeat that? So I'll add something. Um, but there are moments where like my husband will write a chorus and then he'll be like, Hey, let's, let's try something over this and see how it goes. And then it'll kind of develop from there. Um, so like that, one specific moment I have is from the first album, Never Twin. He wrote the chorus and I was like, I really love that. I I need to I need to just write something right now over that. I have an idea. And it yeah. just like came out. It wasn't it wasn't like I sat down, you know, some of these songs I'll sit down and really, really take time with the lyrics and some just like the melody and the lyrics just naturally come out. Um, so that happened with Never Twin. It was like that I hear something immediately over that. I need to lay that down right now. So I just recorded the, the chorus on that one and and then it just like built around that basically. So sometimes that will happen. Other times it'll be like, you know, he'll write the whole song and then give it to me and say, okay, now let's put vocals over it and we'll kind of work on that together. And there are times where, you know, he'll influence a lyric here and there and I'll influence like a, a lot, you know, um, a chord or something here and there. And uh, so we kind of work together in that way as well but it varies from song to song it's never just like he gives me a song i write over it and that's it you know <laughs> yeah you know you mentioned how this during the recording process it was a personal experience for you you know it was i feel like it was everything you're telling me i wonder if it was also in a sense a release for you for this album would you say that absolutely it's always a release especially mm -hmm. playing the songs live it's like I don't know. It's it's always going to be almost like a therapy session. <laughs> like, yeah, this is like I a therapy say, session for us now at this point. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Uh, yeah, I mean, interviews, too. I mean, it's like a therapy session. Um, but it's it's like it's an exorcism, you know, basically of all the frustrations, all the, you know, happy things, all the sad things, you know, everything comes out in the music yeah. for me. Um, absolutely. So it's always going to be like a personal exorcism every song <laughs> i'm definitely quoting you on that because that's gonna okay. stay with me a long long way that's i love that you share that too you know cool. uh, yeah i mentioned you know what i i compared you to sarah mclaughlin right jolie what are your influences if you don't mind because i have to know this because uh you're an amazing vocalist what do you draw your inspiration or influences from if if you can share that sure um it's hard to say. It's not like I ever. I wonder if something will be like surprising. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not like I ever um, 
like listen to something and like oh i have to copy that you know it's never like that it's just like it's weird i don't know i just i listen to so many different types of music you know and i definitely have like from when i was younger like a slight pop um influence and that's something that sometimes comes out in the songs and it's like sometimes i have to tone it down because of the type of music we were right <laughs> but there's definitely like a like a weird pop sensibility there i don't know why it just always comes out you know i listen to a lot of like uh 70s heavy rock when i was younger because that's what my parents listened to um same here yeah so and then of course like 90s rock you know i loved um and you know jimmy Eat world also like the early albums and clarity like some of that melodic sensibility i guess is yeah. there maybe wow um but it's strange like i there aren't really any like female vocalists that i really consider like an influence um but there are female vocalists that i love like amy mann um you know uh pat benatar joan jett yeah cindy lopper like all the 80s you know female vocalists but like as far as like their melodic uh choices it doesn't really come from female um vocalists i don't think um you know it's not like i i can't it's hard for me to like pinpoint what my influences are <laughs> but that's like the that's an a, a basically a snapshot of what i have listened to in my, my life you know i think um i think that's pretty cool actually i don't mean to cut you off there by the way but yeah, I, I was yeah. gonna say i think i think that's pretty unique that you don't really have a specific one because it really shows you know the, how how creative you can get you don't really have the one specific thing you know it, your catalog is it's endless you know you can pick from one era to another and not only that you're actually providing your own element into it. Like your voice is recognizable. When I was listening to this, Jolie, I kept thinking to myself, who does she sound like? Who does she sound like? No one, because you stand out. That's what I was, that's what I meant. Like the closest thing is Sarah McLaughlin and rock band. I mean, come on. That's, you know, that's, it, that's like as far as I, I can even like stretch it to, but that's what I love about your voice. It's unique. It stands out. It fits for this specific genre. Um, but yeah, I think it's I think it's pretty cool. You don't have a one specific one. It's kind of just all over the map. And you know, between writing and structuring the songs and the production process, like we just talked about, this is something I wanted to get into. I, I know we talked about vaguely, just vaguely, the lyricism throughout this album, right? Because the bulk of this is about the crushing sorrow, the loss, mm -hmm. and personal grief. Also, taking look at what's real and what might not be real. Considering the state of the world, Julie, I feel like it really resonates. I begin to think of the tangibles like a theme or a message to your music. You know, how important are themes to you? Is that a big component of songwriting for a band like the Darling Fire? Um, yeah, it like it just comes out, but mm. I definitely love creepy and weird shit. Awesome. <laughs> so, <laughs> Perfect. And so, so I think that and I love like, you know, I I love sci-fi and i love horror those are two of my favorite like genres oh, when it comes don't get me to... started if we talk about <laughs> movies i will not stop okay go ahead yeah <laughs> so and i also just started writing fiction um here and there so and it's all sci-fi or like horror or so psychological thriller uh yeah we're doing influenced... another we're definitely doing another episode later <laughs> to talk about just that because I, I went yeah. to i went to film school i have a 
I wrote a script, like a screenplay, a massive screenplay. It's a sci-fi movie. I mean, it's awesome. Yeah. So I grew up on exactly what I feel like you grew up on. I mean, Aliens, Fifth Element. I mean, we could go down the list. <laughs> oh, oh, Fifth Element was one of my favorites when it came out. Absolutely. Ooh, such a classic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You see what yeah. I mean? I feel like we have to stay on the topic of music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, that's how it goes with interviews, you know. Um, but basically, you know, um, so those are all my influences personally. Like, I love watching and reading sci-fi, horror, thriller, stuff like that. So that definitely, I think, influences my um, lyric writing. Mm -hmm. And it's like, and I also question, like, the strangeness of this place we live. So those things come out Every definitely. Day. Every day. Let yeah. Let me tell you. <laughs> and especially because, you know, some of these songs that were written before everything that happened, mm -hmm. uh, for some reason, like they seem to fit what happened after that, which is even stranger for me, <laughs> you know, um, you know, so. it's it's like the example when you wrote the song before the pandemic, you go back and read it and maybe something as simple like a Facebook post when you post before the pandemic, it's like, man, did I really write that? Your mm -hmm. mind the mind frame is so different now the way i think i think so differently now than mm -hmm. i did september of 2020 isn't yeah. that weird i mean as far as like the juxtaposition of one year to the next i mean it, it really isn't that big of a difference but the gap two years isn't that long but we've i mean i feel like i could stretch this conversation as far as i can but it really it's crazy to think about something you wrote two years ago i can't even resonate with that today yeah, it's like, you know, it's just a, a everything just like flew by in a mm -hmm. weird way, but then it also slowed down. It's a it's a really strange experience. And it's like as horrible as everything was that happened, there were also some things about it that are so interesting to me mm -hmm. because I like I said I love <laughs> the the weird thing is, you know, some of the movies that I loved before all that now it's like wow i don't know if i can watch <laughs> that you know like i've watched some but, i've watched some uh if we're gonna talk about i've watched some pretty crazy sci-fi films in this last like year i mean have you seen the movie yeah. men by a24 it's a movie called men directed by uh alex garland he directed uh, annihilation uh, one of my favorite movies of all time annihilation uh with yeah, natalie portman great. um if you get a chance to watch that it's not an easy watch but as far as like the sci-fi and like storytelling, that takes it to a whole different level. I don't even wow. know if I consider it sci-fi. If you like psychological, like thriller, yeah, like expon, like yeah. like it's it's like squared, like way way up there. I mean, I've never seen it. I, even I'm still like talking about it. That's a movie I have to mentally prepare myself for. It's like the Lighthouse. It's the same way. But yeah. If you've seen the Lighthouse, but talking yeah. about cerebral cerebral films, you know, yeah. Um. Anyway, <laughs> where were we? Like we're just we're just That's nerding awesome. out of our movies now. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, you know what? Because it all kinds of, kind of like bleeds together for me. Mm -hmm. So like, yeah. So all of that comes out in in the lyrics, definitely. I'm sure. Um, and that's where that comes from. That's why everything is kind of like spacey and creepy and weird. You know, it's not gonna. I'm not singing about happy stuff yeah <laughs> clearly by the way everyone who's listening i want to thank jolie so much for staying on topic while i was trying to be away oh. <laughs> it's very rare an artist does that for me i really appreciate that she is oh, on no. point you're, you're you you cool. i gotta have you on a few more times because this is cool. this is great 
But yeah, I, I yeah, uh, the point I was trying to make is I wonder if you were watching any movie at that time when you were writing this that maybe provided an influence into that. Um, not anything specific, but just I mean, there were some things that I watched during that time that like were just weird you know um and things were weird so it's <laughs> watching you know because obviously we were stuck inside for a long time at one point yeah so um but i mean i think i've just always been into that stuff you know so it just like comes out in the lyrics all the weird shit that's that's what yeah, it's all, all the about weird shit. yeah <laughs> exactly. um you know Jolie, we've covered a good amount of the ground on this on this awesome conversation, by the way. It, it wasn't even like an interview at the at the at a point, but um, you know, uh, we're, we're, I'll, I'll, at the end of this interview, I promise I'm gonna actually gonna ask you about movies just for a moment here because I sure. it'll it we it's it'll be a crime if we don't talk about it at least once. Okay. You know, first off, I do want to thank you for sharing so much about who you are and what the Darling Fire is all about. You know, from where you started to where you are now and performing for as long as you have and the people you have met and work with during these couple of, in my perspective, flawless records, you know, your, your relationship with your husband, Geronimo, who's in the same band and your fans, you know, and I feel like you guys are making a statement with these two albums, especially the latest one. I'm excited to see where you go from here. This is definitely something that you have a passion for. And the truth is, is for what I'm saying, you've experienced plenty already in your career, you know, and then some, have your aspirations as a front woman or, or hell, just a human being, have they changed or evolved since when you first started performing in the industry? Do you see things differently today? Yeah, that's another great question. I definitely do. Um, you know, back then, I was probably a lot more critical of myself and trying to do something, you know, mm. trying to accomplish something. And because I was young and trying to, you know, do this for a living. And now it's just like, I kind of let that fall away and just do it because I really love it. And it's so much fun. And it's like I said, it's a personal exorcism. So I'm, you know, not allowing myself to be, to put that pressure on. I'm not, you know, and I'm kind of, if there is any criticism that's fine because you can't please everybody and they're not going to all love it and that's mm -hmm. okay because i don't love everything either you know um so and i'm also slightly picky <laughs> about what i listen to that's okay yeah and everybody is i think you know and that's okay and i don't and i don't expect everybody to love it um and that's kind of what's changed you know i back then you know if, if there was criticism i may have taken it more personally than i would now um, now it's like, okay, maybe, maybe that criticism is actually constructive and I can use it to be better, you know? And that's, you know, so that's like come with age, I guess, but, um, definitely my perception has changed of the whole thing. And I've, and now, you know, any moment that we get to play even for one person and that person enjoys it, that person came to see us or maybe they didn't. And now they heard us for the first time and they're excited about it that all of that means something to me because i know what that feels like to go to a show and find a band and and like shit this is awesome i love this i want everything that they ever did you know i know what that feels like so if i can do that for somebody then that's an amazing feeling and that's all that matters to me really at this point 
and I want you to go out in front of Fest and just crush it out there because you guys, <laughs> you guys are going to do great and you guys will be in great hands. I mean, I know the people who run that festival, they're going to treat you so well. You're going to love the fan out for there. Hopefully I'll make it out there. It'll be great to, it'll be great to meet, meet you and your husband in person. Like I would love to sit down and have a chat. Maybe we can do like an interview yeah. in person or something like that, or it'll be just great to see you guys just do, do your thing on stage. Um, I think it's also at the same time, you know, growing up and I'm sure you've seen this, you know, we get older and it's, it's, I think it's kind of easy to also lose track of yourself the older you get because you you're successful. Right. But then you kind of almost get numb to the point. I think it's also important to, at the same time, push everything away to the side and just look at yourself, kind of refocus on everything and just go back into it with a different perspective or a sharper perspective, you know? Yes. Um, and that's something I've, I've learned in the last two years, you know, it's, and, and it's really helped me along the way. And I think, I think you've done that, you know, and it's, it's almost a point of inspiration for me seeing what you've done. Cool. So, so I love that, you know, I, I wonder if you weren't a musician, what would you be doing right now? Have you ever thought about that? I have. I mean, I, like I said, I started writing and I hadn't done that since I was a lot younger and mm -hmm. I really love writing. That's another thing where I can just like sit down and get lost in that and everything just falls away except for the writing. So that's another thing that like I've, I've gotten into the zone with that before, if you know what that feels like. Like where Definitely. everything just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So everything just falls away. And and then I look and like you said before, I'll look back at it, you know, years later and be like, what, where did that even come from? Was that, did I write that? It's weird, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's like another person wrote it, you know? Um, so that happens with writing. So if I weren't doing music, I would be, probably be doing that um, because that's another thing that I love. So. Very yeah. rad. Um <laughs> so I was going to, I want to end things on a, on a really cool note. Cause I was going to ask this question. So by the way, th this has been great, Julie. Thank you again. This is, this has Thank been a you. lot of fun. Um, I was going to ask you, <laughs> I'm <laughs> trying to see how I can word this question. Five favorite movies you can think of at the top of your head, but then if it's like a top of your head, that's not really a favorite, is it? <laughs> so, well... so, so however you want to answer this question. It, there's no right or wrong. Sure. Five movies that I love. Okay. Well, it's going to be a weird array. So here we go. That's that's great. <laughs> the weirder, the better. Okay. Okay. That, okay so feel free on this podcast. We have the weirder, the better. That, that I welcome that. Sure. Okay. So I love uh, Blade Runner. That's one of my favorite sci-fi movies. Okay. I'm going to be um, myself I so I don't like interrupt you because I'm, I'm going to go crazy with these titles. Sure. Sure. Um, here's a weird one for you. I, one of my all-time favorite movies is The Burbs with Tom Hanks from the 80s, uh, late 80s, I think it was. Um, I, at one point, had that entire movie memorized. I could quote the whole thing. Um, I love Alien. Um, <laughs> uh, that's the movie I can quote. I'm not yeah. even joking. <laughs> I love, it's either that uh, or Aliens, because I love both of them. Because all I want to do is just quote Bill Paxton the entire time. Yeah, yeah totally, totally. And I and I love um, the original Clash of the Titans. That's one of my favorite, all, all time favorite like 
fantasy movies, I guess you could say. That gets overlooked so. a lot. I don't know if it's just me, but that that is a great I remember seeing that like when I was in, in uh, grade school. I mean, they would yeah. that was like an education point at that point. But I loved the movie. That was just a great movie. I'm like, I don't care about the book report. I, yeah. I, I just want to see the movie again. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Totally. And I and the thing is, like, so, these movies that I mentioned, well, with the exception of maybe Alien, I quote them all the time when I'm just in, in life. So, yeah, so I, it's like I do the yeah. same thing. Yeah. And, so it's like, I, and it's movies like nobody ever knows. It's like, yeah. like, really? You don't know the movie Aliens? The game over, man. Like, no, that's no one's going to get that. No, that can't be. You should know that quote at this point. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh was that five i don't even know how many you just i think it was i think it was i mean i could go on and on with favorite movies my 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 top five is yeah please i would love my top five you're gonna think like what so um my my favorite of all time of all time because i we never even mentioned it uh return of the jedi star wars oh yeah of course that's that's my favorite of all time um american psycho (laughs) yeah i love that film um Pacific Rim. I don't know if you've seen that movie. Okay. So yeah, of course. That yep. movie actually influenced me to go to film school because I wanted to do that. I actually met Guillermo del Toro in person wow. like, while I was in film school. Cool. And uh, he signed his book for me. And he and I told him that uh, he was the reason that I went to film school. He's like, you went to film school? And like that, I mean, that moment, <laughs> I don't get a chance to share this a lot, but I'm sharing it with you. That was a very special moment for me. That's uh, awesome. And then um, I, what was it? Oh, 28 Days Later. Oh, I don't know if you've seen that film. Lo- yeah, uh, I love it. I mean, love as it. far as like sci-fi, I mean, I think that's one of the most realistic zombie films you'll ever come across. Yes, my favorite zombie movie. It I was think. so authentic and yeah. it, it felt so real. And it was even today, it's frightening, you know, it. Yeah, it would feel like if a pandemic, I mean, pandemic, we're in it, you know, that's mm-hmm. how it would be. And then number five, uh, I feel like this top five will never change. Uh, interstellar absolutely okay. love yeah, that awesome film. awesome i mean yeah. out of all like sci-fi films when i wanted to you know when i was younger the thing i wanted to be was an astronaut and you know <laughs> yeah. i still aspire to be that for some reason in my mid-30s because I'm, I'm i'm a weirdo but interstellar that sits so well with me like i can like that movie another movie you have to mentally prepare yourself to watch um, yeah but, really good and, and just a side note i think i'm slowly becoming like like a, a horror fan i'm a closeted like horror fan i won't admit it I, you know yeah. but i'm appreciating horror movies a lot more and i just saw the black phone not too long ago i love um, horror as far as horror goes like recent horror it, yeah. it's hard to it's hard to find like a really good recent horror for me but it follows is so good i love that movie the soundtrack everything i it's think like that's on I believe that's on Prime. You know what? I think you yeah. just I think you just planned my uh Tuesday night out for me. <laughs> oh. Um, you, yes. I you have, have a I have it. a vacation coming up in a couple of days, but I don't mind starting it a little bit early. But <laughs> I'm going to have to add that to the list. But if you get a chance, uh Alex Garland's Men, it's spelled Men, like it's just M E N. Uh yeah. Jesse Buckley stars in it. She's amazing. It's a uh, it is not for everyone. Let me tell you right now, Jolie. It's People, I, 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 they, the movie's getting what it's getting. The reception. We're talking like movie critics now. Here we are. But <laughs> the movie's getting what it's getting because people didn't understand it, and okay. the message that the movie brings. That's what I always search for, and I got it. I when I got it, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is genius! Like, 
Okay, I, I don't want to spoil it too much without, I don't want to give too much away, but um, that was one of my favorites this year. Uh, the Black Phone starring Ethan Hawke, who plays the villain. Scary mm. as hell. Did it, and he hates playing the villain. Let me tell you <laughs> that. But he did it so well. The Black Phone, that's another one. So uh, just, you know, grab Geronimo and be like, hey, we got some movies to watch. Sunny said so. So let's go. Yeah. <laughs> before you, before you go out on the road, obviously. But, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, Jolie, thank you again from the bottom of my heart. Uh, much love to you and to your band. Nothing but the best for you guys from here on out. I want to wish you, you guys just uh, a, a a great. I, I don't know if you guys are like going on tour. I know you guys have some shows and like festivals in here. Or not. I don't know if you guys have an actual tour coming up. I don't know if you want to announce something like that on my podcast. You can. It'll be out in uh, probably next week or something. But if you wanted to share anything as far as, you know, last words, like shout outs, whatever you want to plug in or mention as far as the Darling Fire and the new album, take it away. Like. Sure. Um, we just have, you know, we have Furnace Fest. We have the pre-show for Furnace Fest. We have Fest, and then we're we're playing uh, with Nathan Gray, and we also have a couple of local shows. Um, we have yeah. an album release show in Orlando, um, and then after that, it's like we're working on some things for the end of the year and into next year, early next year. So uh, we haven't, we don't have anything set in stone quite yet, but we will have some touring coming up absolutely for this album. Two words, Dallas, Texas. That's all. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and everyone who's listening, this is the amazing Jolie Lindholm from the Darling Fire Distortions drop on September 16th on Iodine Recordings. If you could do me and Jolie a favor, everyone who's listening, buy the record because the fans, I mean, the bands can't do it without your help. You know, the, the fans need the bands and, you know, so on and so forth because you know the last two years it's it's buying a record really goes a long way still today does i still buy records that's sitting in the corner of my room julie i'm i'm old-fashioned i like <laughs> to have the hard copy you know i could buy i could watch a digital movie but i want the actual hard copy because someone put a lot of hard work into that work so <laughs> that's what i like cool. to do but um again everyone listening this is jolie from the darling fire you can listen to the podcast on all major podcast streams out there check us out on interviewunderfire.com uh, Jolie, again, uh, I'll give you a follow on the socials. All right, let's stay in touch and we'll definitely do this again. All right. Have a great time at Furnace. Hopefully I'll see you there. I'll keep you posted. Okay. Thank you so much again for having me on. It was great. It was a great conversation. No, you made my job easy, Jolie. All right. I really appreciate you. You have a good night. Thank you. You too. Stay in touch. Bye-bye. Thanks. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Interview Under Fire Podcast. If you guys liked what you heard, please subscribe and share our channel. And please leave a five-star review as that helps us tremendously. If you'd like to check out more, visit www.interviewunderfire.com or our social media channels on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And finally, we want to thank you all for the support you've been giving us. Keep it burning.